0: Back for another episode of Ladies First. I'm Corey. I'm here with Elizabeth. Hello. And what are we talking about today, Elizabeth?
1: Uh, well, we've actually been meaning to do this for like years now, uh, but we're finally gonna talk about Steven Universe. Yay!
0: Yay. What better time?
1: Yeah. What better time? Yeah. No, we did. We don't like to cross over content with the fundamentalists too much, and they talk about the show all the time. But I feel like this is. Era, we're far overdue to have a discussion about this awesome show, especially considering the last Steven bomb that they dropped. And the wedding. And the wedding. Yes. So that's, uh, actually, actually queer history has been made in two instances, or three instances. There was a proposal between two same-sex characters on a TV show, or on a, on a cartoon that was explicit. There was a wedding between said characters, and they kiss on the lips. And that's- uh, also
0: I want to make this clear. Um the two characters spoilers. I mean I think they've seen it already. Ruby and Sapphire.
1: Yeah, you okay. So if you haven't watched the episodes yet, obviously don't listen to this podcast cuz we are literally going to spoil like the entirety of the show.
0: <laughs> I, I, I would like to think when they when you mentioned latest Steven Baum, that probably inferred what oh, we're yeah. talking about. Um <clears throat> I want to mention really quick. I really liked what that little touch they did with um, ruby and sapphire with the actual wedding because normally sapphires in the dress and ruby is mm-hmm. um, I guess you could quote and say coded more masculine.
1: But they She's flipped so that. You don't need to you don't need to dance around it. That's what she is. <laughs> okay.
0: Well, they they flipped that and sapphire was in the tux and ruby was in the dress and You know, it doesn't matter where else in the world you are now, you can't just present one of them. (laughs) Oh, Ruby was always a dude.
1: Like, yeah, no. You
0: don't have that option anymore.
1: I wonder if they partly did it because there were still people trying to argue the ambiguity of the situation. Because that pretty definitively puts, puts an end to that nonsense. Part of me really wants that to be the case, but I think it just looked nice visually.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, that was, Ruby wasn't the only one in a dress that normally is coded <laughs> a little more masculine
1: My favorite! Peridot my favorite. looked adorable So they had, you know, like, my favorite thing about the entire episode was Peridot and that bright yellow sundress throw, like, not just, like, throwing flower petals but, like, actually chucking them at people Like, I think she knocked somebody off a chair with one
0: Yeah, she did and she just like hot, like frog marches up to steven like flowers have been deployed
1: <laughs> yeah it was it was a super cute wedding um, but then of course all hell breaks loose moments later because it's the steven universe
0: <laughs> well yes but there were other episodes leading up to this as well and i think we specifically wanted to touch on pearl
1: oh yeah the actual topic of the show that we originally originally talked about was that we want to talk about Pearl. Before we get like, off into Pearl the weeds. <laughs> yeah, but like but that was primarily what I wanted to talk about and part of it is to gloat because I was like 75% right about what was going to happen. Like, honestly, I just feel so vindicated.
0: <laughs> well, I, I honestly, I was not a big theorizer for Steven Universe so I didn't really get too big into the oh pink diamond must be this white diamond must be this pearl must have done this I pretty much kind
1: of took it as it as it came I I do do that however I do like to try to solve a mystery before it's actually presented to me and the thing that I liked about Steven Universe is it actually felt like there was a mindful effort to foreshadow things across the series And so, as people are going back through now, are realizing, oh, it's literally, like, the entire run of the series. This was planned from the beginning. Yeah, I mean, I... Normally, I do, like, kind of, like... Well,
0: you know me with Supergirl, when... Mm -hmm. I've I've already been, like, tinfoil hatting what could
1: be going on on Supergirl to you, like, all day. Because you read comic books that actually have a frame of reference for (laughs) what could potentially happen. Steven
0: Universe, I kind of take it as it comes... But I went back after the big uh, Stephen bomb, and I started rewatching all of it, and I mean, I do agree, there's like, oh, oh, that, the new context I have for this makes this episode have an entirely different meaning.
1: Yeah. And background details, too. Even, like, there's uh, foreshadowing, foreshadowing that Stephen is, that Stephen is Pink Diamond, since Rose Quartz was Pink Diamond. So that's the big spoiler, in case you... You didn't know, which I'm sure you do because you're still listening at this point. Um, but like in the, the musical episode, I almost said it was once more revealing. I know that's not right. Uh, <laughs> wow. But the uh, the musical episode, um, Greg and Pearl are in the the song that Steven sings. He's, co- he's painted in, in pink and Greg and Pearl are painted in yellow and blue. And then there's a scene where Greg is holding an infant Steven, and his onesie has a little hole around his gem, and it's a freaking diamond. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember that. I mean, no. And here's the thing that I love about this, though, is that because it's an animated show, you actually can't really make the argument that anything in it isn't deliberate, because you do actually have to draw everything out. It's not quite the same as as a live action show but like even considering that there's an astonishing amount of detail and thought that went into this this whole arc Mm -hmm.
0: well I think though the one bit of speculating I've really done with this show has been on Pearl just because I identify with a certain aspect of her so strongly you know like I'm the neurotic
1: mom friend (laughs) I'm just kind of neurotic
0: yeah, but, I mean, I am the I am the neurotic mom friend. Like, when you go traveling, I tell you, let me know when you leave, and let me know when you get there,
1: so I know that you made it okay. She makes me send her my flight itinerary before I go anywhere. I'm being completely serious.
0: <laughs> Someone has to know if
1: something happens to you. Okay, okay. Again, it's, it's, it's there's a reason I, I identify admit. with Pearl. <laughs> yes. But was... I identify with her rigidity and her sort of the cer- the certain ways that her trauma sort of trickles out across mm-hmm. the series um, is high- is very relatable to me. Well, but especially cuz like the the, fore- the foreshadowing starts all the way back in like season what? Like li- I think the the first the first time you you realize that Pearl and Rose had a thing was in the song do it for him. Mhm. And then it just, like, and that was kind of ambiguous, and it just get, kept getting progressively more and more, more and more overt, but I could sense that they were actually building to a twist, and that's also part of why I latched on to this character so much, is because I was like, I want to know what actually happened, because clearly the story that they're telling Steven and telling the audience, like, it, that's not, that's clearly not what actually happened. Right. I just, part of me feels really bad for her.
0: Oh uh, yeah. A like pink diamond/rose slash rose quartz is so many different shades of gray. And I can't just I con- it's she is so complicated.
1: Is she though? Like I I just I felt like rose quartz is pretty straightforward. With I the I mean, granted, diamond she's mo- reveal It's
0: complicated because I think she legitimately started to want Pearl to see her as an equal. Yes. But again, there's that whole place of she's still a diamond. And you have to wonder if she became a quartz partially to try and get that on
1: a more even playing field. No, they literally established it was so she could go in in disguise to Well, no, I mean that, hatching. but
0: why she stayed as a rose quartz, I have to wonder if that might have partially been that.
1: Oh, it's the same reason why it's okay, so like Pink Diamond is like your very like classic noble nobility story. She is someone who was born into like the literal utter lap of privilege and then upon realizing that the world isn't just makes the decision to change that so at first she tries to go through normal channels she tries to appeal to blue and yellow diamond and when it's clear that that isn't going to work that's when she starts to plan this coup
0: but then obviously things do not work out how she wanted them to I did they not? That kinda of went like according to plan, didn't it? Well, when she came up with the plan for her to get shattered and then the diamonds just blasted the entire planet, I don't believe she plan- she was expecting that.
1: Oh yeah, I don't think she was expecting that part. Um <laughs> Like okay, there were there were unintended consequences, but more or less I actually think the plan was quite genius. Mm-hmm. Cause I uh Working I remember- from the data she had,
0: because she completely underestimated how much her her diamond sisters would grieve for her. Oh, that's a massive understatement. <laughs> yeah. And I think that was one of her fatal flaws in that plan, because I do agree, I think it was fairly ingenious in that idea of... Okay, they'll just back away, and she's operating from her understanding of they don't really care that much about me. They'll just see this as a loss and cut their costs. Yes. When in reality, they went completely bonkers, blasted the planet, and have held on to that for at least
1: 5,000-some years. Like, here, okay, here's the thing about Rose Quartz, um you can be a good person and still be incredibly and inherently selfish. And what Rose Quartz is, is selfish. Mm -hmm. She only sees things from her perspective. And like, it's sort of like her, her sort of like laissez-faire attitude towards free love and that sort of thing. Um, She's also like, well, that's a good thing. And that's what makes her empathize with the humans. It's also the thing that makes her oblivious to Pearl's clear, deeper feelings And also made her totally okay with everything that happened with Greg and what that would do to Pearl.
0: And there's the part where I'm... Because for me, when I watched the new Steven Bomb, I think it did make it a little more apparent that... At least at some point, Pink slash Rose reciprocated some kind of feelings for Pearl. Yes. And then, all of a sudden, she meets Greg Universe and decides to go full throttle into this and then essentially give up her existence for Steve and I'm like okay but you've been with Pearl for 5,000 years are you not like oh what God. do you think is going to happen to her that's
1: the part where I'm like eh. no and like it's and the thing is is it's not even like you can really argue that, sh- that she didn't care because I'm sure through her logic she was like well the child that I'll create will love Pearl and that will be the same But it's not. (laughs) Which. No, it's not. Um, Something that fascinates me about Rose is that despite really. She really does genuinely love humans, she doesn't really seem to understand them that much, which is funny because she's had, you know, 5,000 years to get to know them. But then Steven is just this.
0: In some way, he's really an antithesis of his mother. Mm hmm. In the sense of, he is very empathetic. Where it felt like Rose slash Pink. Everything she did, like, you talk about the uh, noble nobility. But there's still that element of her upbringing where, like, she was still a diamond. And she does have this inherent selfishness where she kind of only sees things from her perspective. And she can't really empathize outwardly after a degree. Whereas Steven she has a lot is like of
1: sympathy, but not uh, a lot of empathy. Right.
0: And Stephen is like an empathy rainbow. <laughs>
1: it's a black hole of empathy.
0: Yeah. I mean everybody that kid comes in contact with, my goodness. It's why but... his
1: eyes start watering around blue diamonds. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Ah, It just, I feel so bad for Pearl because, you know, it's like you think you have your person and then they're like, oh, human, I'm gone. And you're stuck left there, you know, picking up the pieces and like, I completely understand why she was a hot damn mess. I mean, it doesn't justify everything she did, but I was like, yeah, I completely understand why she was a hot damn mess afterward.
1: Honestly, Pearl was pretty traumatized by this. sort of like it's so here's the thing.' It's like I, I picked up on like pretty early on that Pearl always looks really nauseous when people shapeshift. And mm-hmm. I picked that up as a clue. I was like, something must have happened that she shapeshifted. And I sort of was like, I was like, oh ha, wouldn't it have been funny because because then later there was that episode where they said that only a diamond can shatter a diamond. Except perhaps a pearl, and I was like, "That's it." Pearl shape-shifted into Rose, and she was the one who shattered pink diamond because Rose was incapable of doing it. Oh, you so were I was so close! close. <laughs> I was so damn close. And my theory about Rose, why she liked humans, was that because because when you look in um, in all of those those rose quartzes that have been bubbled, and my theory was that the rose quartzes were actually specifically designed to run the zoo, and Rose just happened to start to empathize with the people and wanted to protect them because she was a zookeeper. She was literally designed to do this. Which I thought was a decent theory, but, like, it just, it didn't occur to me that Rose was Pink Diamond. I'm actually surprised that it didn't. Well, I mean, that does
0: add quite a bit of context to it. Um, Yeah. You know, Rose, Pearl didn't technically actually rebel against her diamond. She did rebel against the homeworld. So yes. I do like that they did kind of establish, no, 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 she still had some degree of autonomy here. It wasn't like she was just still a servant to Pink Diamond this whole time. Because that was my other big worry before this next Steven bomb had dropped. It was like, oh my god, was she stuck serving a diamond this entire time?
1: Yes. See, that was the thing is when I, when you start to pick up on the fact that the diamonds, or not the diamonds, the pearls can't really refuse orders. And so that was when I was just like, this, this is probably a messy situation. Well, and I, I actually, I oh. had a theory even that perhaps Pearl and Rose had started an affair, and that was part of why they were starting the revolution, is because, you know, the same same with Ruby and Sapphire, is that gems that don't look like each other could be together. So, like... There's a bunch of different directions that they could, and actually even that seems to be a little bit of a part of it, or rather that was, I think, the thing that really solidified the movement in Rose Quartz's mind was meeting Garnet Mm -hmm. and just being like, yes, this is fantastic. But I do
0: appreciate, though, because Pearl has kept this knowledge, has been unable to tell anybody this for thousands of years. Even after Rose Quartz was gone. She's been unable to tell anybody this. And I thought it was really ingenious how she kind
1: of finally let Steven in so he could find it. I think, from a vis- from a VisDev perspective, that's one of the best episodes of the series. Like, once in a while, a, like, a single episode from a Cartoon Network show gets, like... And like, they usually don't make it until the final round, but like an Oscar nod, like a couple episodes of Adventure Time have been nominated. I think with Steven Universe, this one and um, The Answer mm-hmm. are like on that level of viz.dev of storytelling. Well, especially this one, because like, and you know, like I said, Pearl literally can't talk about it. I like the sequence in which they just, they tell the events basically going backwards. Like it was just really like it, it in in the hands of a less capable writing team, this whole scene would not have made sense. Right. But I do like that once we were finally
0: able to get that out in the open, none of the crystal gems blame her. No, of course I not. was really worried that at least one of them there'd be some kind of like bad feeling. I mean, it's Steven Universe, so I wasn't expecting like a full-on shunning, but I was worried that there'd be some bad feelings towards Pearl because of it, but I do like that Sapphire and Ruby and even Amethyst were like, well, this was obviously Pink and Rose's fault.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, and I like, because well, because I was like, I was wildly worried, like, when you know, when Garnet starts to split apart, and then, but then it was immediately apparent that what Sapphire was upset about was that Rose lied. Right, oh, she was like she wasn't even because because you know she did her whole thing was like, oh, you should always be true to yourself and she was like she literally lived as a morph for 5,000 freaking years. <laughs> and like I gotta admit like I I, I agree. I, I feel I feel that rage, sapphire. like I would have probably had the exact same reaction. but I like like Pearl went after her with
0: Steven and sapphire didn't lash out at Pearl at all. No, Pearl gave her some very much needed context, and then the very next episode, they spend pretty much sobbing in each other's arms that Garnet's never coming back.
1: <laughs> okay, so I saw, there's a, a cute fan comic I saw on Tumblr, where, because you know when, when Ruby left the note for Sapphire, and it, the way that it's written, mm-hmm. um, she ran out of room and had to like write the IRE underneath the top part of the name. But someone had done a little comic of, like, Ruby writing the letter and then, like, writing the name on the outside. She's like, I have to put her name on it so she knows it's for her. And then Amethyst is going, dude, no, you gotta use smaller letters, you're gonna run out of room. And then it's Ruby crying on the floor, I need her for everything! (laughs) And I was just like, this is, this is very (laughs) in-character.
0: Yeah, but I did like seeing where Ruby was kind of like, I'm gonna go live my best self. And Sapphire was just a freaking hot mess. Yeah. yeah. And she couldn't figure out what Ruby would be doing because she's so spontaneous. But she did get that. why would she be a cowboy?
1: Um, sometimes I feel like when they do these gags on the show, they literally just put a bunch of funny words in a hat and pull one out. <laughs> I, it was a nice what, bit of levity. And
0: no, and the show is
1: very... The show is very good at that and it has mm-hmm. to be because the show is like okay, at its core Steven Universe is a story about a violent civil war that resulted in thousands hundreds of thousands of gems getting shattered and many of those pieces are still on earth and formed into the um the cluster. So like this is a dark ass story. Mhm. Like it's it's extremely grim and if it were not done in the cartoon style, and also with the amount of like. Aftercare isn't really the right word for it, but essentially, when the show does something sad, it immediately does something to sort of, to like, ease the wound.
0: Because the right. show
1: is still primarily for children, which actually makes it an enjoyable watching experience for an adult. Cause yeah, adult it's not TV like Game of
0: Thrones, that. just relentless, awful happening. Yeah, or The Hundred. <laughs> eh, that too. Where
1: nothing can ever go somebody's way. Oh, yeah. It's like, the hundred The hundred is like, what's the worst possible... What's the worst way that this could possibly go wrong? Okay, that's about to happen. Yeah. But I like with Steven Universe, like, we've talked before, it
0: very much, it's still a kid's show, and it's introducing these concepts to kids. In a way, it reminds me a lot of Mr. Rogers, of it's presenting these concepts to children in a way that is digestible without being overwhelming. Yes. Like, we talked about that one episode um, where Garnet is singing to Steven and Connie about... uh, I can't remember the name of the song, but we talked about how it was very close to uh, CBT. Here Comes a Thought. Yes. Which I was, like, really impressed that they did in a children's
1: show. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the pretty consistent caliber of what this show deals with. Um, I like that they can get around... Like, because essentially, when they talk about shattering, they're talking about killing people. I one of my favorite episodes is the episode where with Bismuth, where they're essentially doing an analogy for things like chemical weapons used in warfare, and asking the question: Do the ends justify the means? Right. But like, and until you actually like sit down and think about it, you don't realize. Oh, this is actually what they're talking about because you know it's a it's a kid show. But like, yeah, and they I, just, get I don't. The ha- answer to that. No, it doesn't. Yeah. No, it doesn't. I'm glad that Bismuth came get, came back. I liked Bismuth a lot. I enjoyed that too, and I think it was kind
0: of fun that she honestly took the pink diamond reveal better than any of the crystal gems. <laughs> like she stuck her head in love and screamed for about five seconds. She's like,
1: "Oh, that makes so much sense!" Yeah, exactly. And Stevens, I don't like, know. I.
0: You took this better than Garnet. What happened with Garnet? Oh, she infused. No, they were my favorite couple. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't that, know. I have to be honest. Part I really just
1: loved. I feel like Bismuth has dealt with a, a lot of a lot of BS in her time, and so this is actually like probably not even the craziest thing that's even happened to her in the Crystal Gem War.
0: Well, that and she just she has answers. Yeah which is kind of what she wanted the last time and why it didn't work out that well. So now she kind of has the answers she needed. And, I mean, she's with her friends again. And, obviously, going back to Pearl, Pearl loved her. Yes. So I am so happy for Pearl that, you know, hopefully we have Bismuth back, at least for a few episodes. If she wants to go see the world, that's fine. But I would really love to keep Bismuth around, just because, you know, like, I
1: want Pearl to have another friend. She's voiced by an expensive guest star, so that's all kind of part of the problem. Well, it just
0: depends on if they can work it out. But I really do like, for Pearl's sake, that
1: she did get Bismuth back in the end. So, speaking of Pearl, I mean, Bismuth, yes, Bismuth is a friend. But you know what I want to know, and something that the show has still not revisited? What happened to Mystery Girl? And also, my favorite part of the episode where Pearl reveals to Steven what really happened was the hundreds of phone numbers that she has just stored in you her brain. You saw her at the wedding
0: reception off by herself talking to another lady. Yeah. Like, Pearl has some skill. She is completely oblivious to it, but she obviously
1: has some lady game. Honestly, she's just, she's appealing because she's, she's, like, very strong and stoic and kind of, like, otherworldly. Like. neurotic. (laughs) Yes, but, like, but she, no, see, the thing is that she's not neurotic around people who she doesn't know. When you just see her moving around, she moves very gracefully like a dancer and, like, She's just kind of captivating, until mm-hmm. she feels awkward because, again, from one of my favorite episodes, the one with the mystery girl, is the entire sequence where Pearl is in the convenience store with the coffee cups. Yeah, where she just literally, like, she looks at the girl and just drops the can. Like, ah, uh, relatable, really. Yeah, I just also Pearl has a type. Yes. <laughs>
0: But at the same time, it's, I mean, obviously this is a children's show, so I, we don't want to, like, overly sexualize a character, but I like that they've been able to give her a progression of she's slowly starting to be able to move on from that, which I think is, like, huge. Yeah. Because for at least 5,000-some years, Pink Slash Rose Quartz
1: was literally her everything. She's also gotten over it relatively quickly, because how old is Steven? Like, 14? Like, ish, somewhere around there? He's not quite a so, teenager yet. So Pearl, someone who's been alive for thousands of years, so you can get, like, a sense of perspective of, like, how time passes for her, was able to get to the point where she loves Steven and protects him in, like, what is essentially a couple of seconds on the cosmic time scale that the gems live on. Right. Yeah, she made that adjustment very quickly. I mean, it was a very, very
0: intense adjustment. And it's the same with her relationship with Amethyst, because that deteriorated when Rose kind of yeeted herself as well.
1: I honestly just think that they get on each other's nerves.
0: They're two very different personalities. Yes. Um, But I think we see now more of what the friendship that I think they had but it's very much... It's also like she tries... Remember the episode with Peridot with her log? When she was when Pearl was making an effort and Peridot noted that she appreciated that Pearl was trying? Yes. Yes. I do remember that. Though granted, I think those two would be friends just because of the sense of decorum they still have. <laughs> Which... It, I, P- P- Peridot is... An entirely different story, and I can talk about paradox for hours, but um, we'll get there. Yeah, the relationships that Pearl has formed because and in spite of everything that's gone down with Rose Quartz slash Pink Diamond is just this fascinatingly complex knot of like everything is connected because of this or that, and like you said, the race she's been able to adjust relatively very quickly for her lifespan is kind of awe-inspiring. Yes.
1: And yeah, then definitely. obviously you have
0: yeah. Garnet oh. where you had some issues you know with um, the fusing uh, Sardonic's.
1: <laughs> yes. Oh, man, I almost forgot about that. Well, I don't think
0: we can talk about Pearl without touching on sardonyx.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but like, okay, so that whole plot point, that is the exact reason why people should not be sexualizing children's show, because otherwise this plot line goes from fascinating to horrifying really quickly.
0: Super, like, unforgivably dark.
1: Super unforgivably dark and problematic, yeah. So this is why we don't sexualize children's shows. I actually, uh, I came across the phrase on Tumblr a while back called Disney, it's Disney ship. Mm-hmm. That you say you Disney ship something, it means that you ship it in a way that could be portrayed in a Disney film.
0: Oh, that's a good way of putting it.
1: Yeah, I was like, oh, that's actually pretty accurate.
0: Like, I still understand completely why Garnet was very not happy about it. <laughs> yes but the moment you add those particular undertones to it it becomes a completely different beast that I don't know pearl could come back from
1: We are at some point gonna have to do an episode on on the proper way to to engage with children's media yeah <laughs> I realize this is probably a broader topic but yes and like and the thing is like I, I get the impression that garnet garnet doesn't garnet reacts probably the most poorly to having her trust violated because the only two times we've ever seen her split apart is when with the issue with pearl and then again when she found out that rose was being when
0: diagnosed. there's not an outside stimulus exactly and like the first time ruby was the one who's just completely infuriated by it and then you know the second time it was sapphire um mm-hmm. But yeah, Ruby and Sapphire were really not happy about that. And Pearl even explains, you know, why she wanted to fuse. Because to her, Garnet just has everything together and she just wanted to feel some kind of stability for a little while.
1: God, that's heartbreaking.
0: (laughs) I know. And that's where I'm just, when she said that, I was like, Pearl, that was seriously not okay. But oh my god. Lady, you need yeah. a hug so bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, she does apologize, and it's framed as, it, it wasn't coming from a place of maliciousness from her, but you also realize, like, Pearl's got some issues, and it's why I really loved, um, in the last episode of the Stephen Bomb, where Pearl's just on that little, men- like, mental landscape and pearl's just like i do it for her i do it for him and steve just jumps through is like don't forget about yourself i yes. love that <laughs> that was maybe yes. one of my favorite parts outside of like lapis coming back where i was just like oh thank god steven is actively like no pearl needs to do this for her because she has obviously done way too much for other people
1: yes yes definitely um well, also, like that was kind of a con- that was something that I was thinking about before the reveal happened with Rose Quartz was um, what Pearl's actual motivations were in getting involved in the Crystal Gem Rebellion in the first place. Because especially early on in the show, Pearl just really doesn't seem to care that much about Earth. Mm. Like she knows a lot about it because she's just you know a nerd like that, and that's just what she does. She just collects information, but like you can sense her her sense of superiority and indifference. Um, a lot, especially early on. Like, she's gotten more attached to humans because of Steven, especially over the course of the the actual show.
0: I don't think the Crystal Gyms really interacted with humans that much. No. And then they had to once Rose was gone.
1: I was just, it was, I, I was interested in finding out whether or not Pearl participated in the rebellion because it was something she genuinely believed in, or because... Rose Quartz was the center of her universe and it turned out to be kind of both.
0: Yeah. it's about like maybe (laughs)
1: 60-40? Yeah, maybe (laughs) 60-40. But, I mean, you do
0: see like having to be in contact with Steven and then with Greg and then meeting, you know, all the human ladies. (laughs) Because she does still have a type. Sorry. Yes. Um, You know, like we do, like you said, we've seen her grow way closer to humans over the span of the series to where, you know, she's driving and she's going into convenience stores and she's just talking to all
1: these people and, like, there's none of that at the beginning of the series She's also started eating and sleeping because, like, the gems don't actually need to do that. See, something that I I didn't care for Amethyst early on and I think it's because I found her obnoxious and I think it's often when I find characters that have negative personality traits that I share, I tend to get irritated with them because I don't like being called out but like Amethyst fully embraced human culture. Like she she lives and breathes human culture. She eats, she sleeps. Like
0: Well, but that's all she knows. She very
1: she very clearly had 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 a fling with the the painter woman in the town who's now married to um to the fisherman. Medallia. Yeah. <laughs> they very clearly had yeah, like but a, a romantic fling and like yeah. Amethyst
0: has never known homeworld, so that makes sense.
1: Yeah, she's just sort of adapted to the culture that she was brought up around, essentially. She's but, still, that's I, something that I liked about her is that her, her uh, identity crisis mm-hmm. across the series about... Because she doesn't look like other Crystal Gems, especially others of her make. That was actually, uh, real quick, one of the best episodes was when Amethyst got to meet other Amethysts. And they immediately accepted her as one of them. Mm-hmm. And they were even like, hey, you're from our... There were a couple of them who were like, you're from our Gem Cut. Well, yeah, and then there
0: was that other red gem, Carnelia or whatever, that was just celebrating that she wasn't the shortest one. Yes, that's, yeah. Um, But back to (laughs) Pearl and food, like, this is big, because I remember when um, Alexandrite unfused at that dinner because they were trying to eat, and Pearl is so not okay with it. Oh my god, you And she goes right. crawling to Steven. Oh my, thank you. You have to eat it! And then it has to come out! I mean, she was... And then you see her, like, when she's trying to flirt with the mystery lady. She's voluntarily drinking a soda. Yes. Like, that's huge! Like, yeah. Pearl has... In the early parts of the series, Pearl made it very, very, very clear how squicked out she was at the concept of eating and then having to
1: have that food go somewhere I mean if that was not a natural process that occurred within my species I feel like I'd be squicked out about it too
0: (laughs) so I mean where she came with that just because I mean they made a big deal about that like she unfused Alexandrite because of the eating and her not being able to handle it
1: yep 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 and, I mean,
0: again, it's part of it. she's kind of neurotic and I love it. Like, she does not do well when order starts to break down. I remember, do you
1: remember the episode with Uncle Grandpa? Um, I usually skip that one in my rewatches because it's stupid. Well, it's stupid, but it's
0: some of my, um, Dee Dee Magna Hall. Like, some of my favorite work she's done in the series just because, like, Nothing makes sense. Everything is really surreal. And Pearl is not the type of person that handles that very well. And I don't either. I mean, people (laughs) have tried to introduce me to dataism before. And I'm just like, nope. That is not my thing. Salvador Dali is not my cup of tea. Like, that is just nowhere near my level of what I enjoy. So, watching Pearl just lose her damn mind, where she's like, we're trapped, this is our new home forever, and all that going on, and all the
1: screaming, for me, it is very entertaining to watch. I feel like Pearl would really identify with Patrick Dempsey's character in um, Enchanted. Yes, I could see that. The musical number where they're walking around the park, and he's like, how do you know this song? Why does everybody know this song? Yeah, and I think, again, that's part of why
0: she's on good terms with Peridot, just because Peridot was very much, like, <laughs> a grunt, go-by-the-books type of worker gym, and she still kind of likes that protocol,
1: so I think they have that in common. Peridot and and um, Pearl share a love of spreadsheets. Yes. Um... Peridot is, like, Peridot's Peridot's like me. She's one of those people who's highly organized in, like, a tech sense and, like, in a work sense, but is not, like, her actual, in her personal space, she's kind of a disaster. Where Pearl is just, like, the same level of neurotic across the board. Right. Well, again, in the episode
0: where Pearl got poofed for the first time, and she took a few weeks to come back, and (laughs) you can see the house is going to hell. Because yeah, she's
1: not. Because there. Pearl's the only one who cleans it. Yes, exactly. And she
0: finally comes back and she's got her new little outfit and Steven is just like, Oh wait, no, hold on and he's banging this pot around the house and she's looking up at Amethyst, like, I don't even want to know what happened to you and it's just Amethyst is like, I got hit by an airplane and like <laughs> it's just chaos and you it closes on Pearl and she's like I can't leave you alone for a minute.
1: But again, um, that episode kind of proved that, like, she really can't. I think the first time I watched the show, Corey, I sent you a text. I was like, I identify with Pearl, for I also am constantly on the bleeding edge of my patience. But, I mean, <laughs> as much as Garnet is the leader,
0: she is very, um, laid back in a kind of, okay, whatever
1: sense. Garnet she... represents balance. Like her whole, her whole deal is that she is a perfect balance between two opposing, of uh, two opposing right. sides, two opposing forces. But we didn't see her help clean the house. <laughs> no, well, because Garnet, Garnet kind of doesn't exist on this plane of reality. Mm-hmm. Um, she's... granted, to be fair, <laughs> she was also
0: chasing after Amethyst at that time. So that's fair. Babysitting Amethyst is a full-time job. But uh, it. I do think it is telling that, like, when they had the chore wheel, and Pearl Mm -hmm. went and crossed everybody's names out and wrote her name in. (laughs) Do you remember that episode?
1: I do, yeah. Yeah, it's like,
0: she is so neurotic about getting stuff done, but the show kind of backs up that, I mean, if Pearl's not there, you know, it's kind of a shit show. (laughs)
1: Well, no, and like, see, the thing is, is like, in the, the show, the show, um, does a good job of expressing the different ways that people deal with trauma. And you could actually, mm-hmm. I would actually say, so in psychology, there's a common thing that you'll do with like children, where you ask them what Winnie the Pooh character they feel like, because okay. the Winnie the Pooh characters fit into very clear archetypes. So, like, Pooh is happy, Piglet is nervous, um, Eeyore is sad. And it's just an easy way for a child to conceptualize a simple emotion. Uh, this show is actually pretty good on that too, because of the way the character, the way the different characters deal with adversity or with trauma. Right. Because you have, because you have like Pearl, who deals with it by being so organized that nothing can ever be out of place. Because if something is out of place, then the world is going to end. mm Hmm. It. I, I, there, I've seen I've seen people headcanon her as, as OCD or having severe anxiety and yeah I definitely see that she has control issues and then you know there's Amethyst who like literally just completely shuts down until like, a depressive episode or Garnet splits apart and like literally starts fighting with herself right I mean I but will it's...
0: give Amethyst props when the other three were falling apart she was like Steven you're a kid this isn't something you need to deal with yeah Yeah.
1: so I do well, like think that they Amethyst gave Amethyst her that strongest... hum she has the strongest grasp on the concept of humanity or rather I would say like normative human development Amethyst seems to have the best the best grasp of like what Steven needs that's age appropriate because mm-hmm. Pearl, Pearl treats him like an adult which is not really a good thing well, it's weird
0: because I feel like Pearl both treats him like an adult and like he's her kid at times, where she doesn't want him to kind of get out of the
1: nest and experience anything. It's because she already lost Rose Quartz, and I think that she could literally could not handle it if she lost Steven, even though he is not Rose. Mm-hmm. That's the last remnant of her.
0: Well, it's like going back to the Uncle Grandpa part where she's Pizza Steven comes in and the first thing she does is recoil and hide behind Garnet. and she's like, that's not my baby <laughs> yeah so I mean, there's some kind of maternal feelings there Yeah, I don't think I think they've done a good enough job of making it, like, it's a gym version of maternal feelings yes so it's not what we would necessarily recognize as human, but it's there.
1: Yeah, and no, and I, I, like the long, like what I'm, what I'm into the show for primarily is the lore because I think it's actually a really interesting sci-fi story. But something that fascinates me is that the gems, like a lot of them, actually do have these more complex emotions. They're just like victims of this extremely rigid society. Right. And you even have things like the two topazes they find when Steven and Lars get kidnapped. Like, they're still two topazes, but they like to be together all the time because they're best friends. Mm-hmm. So, like, and then, like, they even express that. There's, like, we actually like being fused, and we just want to be fused all the time, but we can't. It's only for work. And, like, I don't know. It's 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 really easy to empathize with the gems. Well, the off-colors. The, um, I can't remember the
0: name, but the the pearl and the ruby of all gems to fuse I I can't even wonder how that one works but (laughs) you know you see that there too where they're hiding on homeworld otherwise they'd be smashed but it's this you see that it's there but the homeworld kind of cast system and that sense of rigidity just
1: brutally suppresses it I'm fascinated by their by this system because I want to know how it was established. And I feel like see, that's the, the only bad thing about the show right now is that there's clearly tying up loose ends and gearing up to wrap up the TV show. Cause I really don't want it to end. But I also Well, really I mean, they
0: really still have to deal with White water. Diamond. So yes. there's there's still some stuff to go through, but it's like you see Paradot who is freshly unindoctrinated. And her sense of expression, you saw a little bit of it when we see her, but now she is just, like,
1: very, uh, how do I say this? She's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's a good way of putting it.
0: When She's very emotive when she's talking and expressing herself. She's wildly gesticulating, her voice goes up, like, she's very here, and... Assuring she has a that lot she's of, here,
1: she has like a lot of inappropriately exaggerated or understated facial. Like she codes autistic to me, especially the way that she will just like point blank say something very rude to your face and just like not even not even register that it's rude. Which is but great. I think part of it is that's I mean, why I love I love when she talks to Pearl because this happens often. You can just see on Pearl's face where she's just like, I know that you don't know better, right? Still so mad about it.
0: I mean, and you know that part of that is she was very low on the totem pole. We know as much. She said as much on Homeworld. So, you know, she was probably very, very repressed. Yes. So now she's in this place where she doesn't have to be, and she can get in touch with her emotions, and she quite enjoys it. But, you know, that also comes with learning how to express those in an appropriate way. (laughs) Yes. And, you know then you've got lapis lapis on the other hand who's been trapped in a mirror for thousands of years and she's just kind of not really giving a
1: fuck about anything anymore <laughs> so on tumblr somebody had po- had put up a post and they were like it so it's like um a spoilerless spoiler where they just post like on unrelated images but they do actually refer to the show so one of them somebody had posted was a screenshot from the wizard of oz with the Wicked Witch of the East. And
0: mm-hmm. when she got
1: smushed by the house. And so it was it was titled, Out of Context, Steven Universe Spoiler. And I was like, what? And <laughs> sure enough, that turned out to be like one of the best moments of the episode. Was when Lapis straight up dropped a house on Blue Diamond.
0: <laughs> well, that and when Blue Diamond is blasting everybody with her... I know they made a word for it and I can't remember it. But basically her empathy powers... And, like, Lapis just stands there, she has one single tear go down her face,
1: and she flicks it off, and she's like, I've had worse. I love that they weaponized her clinical depression.
0: Yeah, that, like, I, I just, just... really love that they were able to turn that into a strength for her. Yeah,
1: In that moment. Also, like, I wish they would just pull the trigger on the ship, on Lapidot, because, like, you know... Usually when people sing songs to each other in this show, it means that they're going to get romantically involved. It's just like, I'm tired of waiting. Make it Well, She sang a song about returning to Earth, and 90% of the images that she brought up while she was talking about this were a peridot. I mean, obviously they
0: have some issues they need to talk about, but I would not be opposed to that. I know people are like, oh, but are they ever going to fuse? And like, I don't really think that's the point at this point. Genre. I, well,
1: but I can, but also at what, the no, same I want, time, I, I just desperately happen.
0: want to see Pearl fused with Peridot because I can, that would just be so delightful with their
1: personalities. I don't think that they could exist in the same head without killing each other. I want to see how they try, though. <laughs> That's true. That is true, boo.
0: I mean, you could throw some spreadsheets at them and they would probably be okay.
1: It would be funny if pearl and peridot fuse at to like get an accounting job that's just like what they do during the day <laughs> after the gem war oh man can you imagine them during tax season they I, would be uh, lethal yeah pearl seems like the kind of person who would become a notary <laughs> oh she does <laughs> She yeah, doesn't does. doesn't see, she and she seems like the carried a little stamp with her wherever she went. No, exactly. That's a, yeah, exactly. Like always she be just, prepared, Stephen Always be prepared. Well, that yeah, that is
0: definitely uh something I can see <laughs> up her alley. Um But yeah, anyways, this has been a kind of meandery episode. <laughs> That's okay. But there was a lot to talk about. Yes. And also, you know, we haven't talked about it before, so we're kind of covering up for some lost time. <laughs>
1: yeah, and the and the show's been on TV for like four years now, although it's extremely wonky release schedule. Has. Hopefully after
0: this last one that gained so much attention, maybe they'll kind of
1: give it a little bit more love on the Cartoon Network. Um, I'm actually not really sure why it doesn't get more love. I mean, I don't. It's a reasonably popular show, or at least you think it's a reasonably popular show.
0: Well, I know the last one actually did fairly well with ratings. So,
1: yeah, no, definitely. But yeah, if you actually look at like a like a calendar of when the episodes release, they release like five at a time, like once every nine months. <laughs> it's yeah. Quite frustrating.
0: It's it's That's- very hard to be patient. Yeah. I, if I had one critique of the show, it's that. But, you know, it's not really
1: Steven Universe's fault. <laughs> no, it's not their fault. It's Cartoon Network, and you know, it's, it's company politics and all of that. Yeah. Still, though, they deserve to be applauded for not, not. I mean, not just not just that they actually had a kiss on screen and a wedding. It was that they even had the balls to pitch it. They
0: pitched it and they stayed that was with a,
1: it. That's a pretty big leap from what we're used to. Because even, like... Even the least ambiguous episode, which is the answer, is still, like, pretty... Pretty tame. Well, I just think... The showrunner,
0: you know, creative... And especially, like, the voice cast. Mm -hmm. I do love that the voice cast... At least, like, you know, you've got Didi Magno Hall and, um... Michelle Michaela Dietz, Shelby Rivara and I think Jennifer Paz like they all just hang out with each other anyway
1: yeah so that's they always
0: yeah that part's <laughs> it's nice actually I think Dee Dee Magno Hall and Jennifer Paz are in a singing quartet together that does not surprise me at all Actually, yeah, that they is are when... because they made a parody of Sarah Bareilles' um, Be Brave to Behave Oh, God. I want to see you behave, which...
1: (laughs) Oh, God. I remember watching that. It was delightful. So, like, it's... I haven't talked much about, like, the artistic aspects of the show, but, like, honestly, Steven Universe is a show unlike any other, just because of what it used... Like it's Vizdev is on a much higher level than what you would expect from most cartoon network shows it's like adventure time is the only other show i think that's really this high concept or over the garden wall mm-hmm. um but also what it does with music so like the, the the musical episode is a musical it's actually written with the form of a musical it actually has the acts the all of the acts it's almost entirely music so it's almost an opera but like It's written. They're actually written like written like Broadway songs. Like something that just really impressed me is that the people who write the music clearly have a big theater background, and that's just not something you're used to seeing in an animated TV show, an animated kids show. Because you have like because you have like they write for them. Yeah, you have like these old timey, like these very dramatic ballads, or like Empire City is like honestly that song would be right at home in like Jesus Christ Superstar. Well, I mean, going back to Pearl, it's over.
0: Oh, that's one of my all-time favorite songs. And Dee Dee getting to sing that, she just killed it. And then you've got um, Garnet's big song, Stronger Than You, that Estelle absolutely crushed. Yes. And they just consistently, like, they have some voice actresses with some pipes.
1: Yeah, but they also use it thematically, too. So even things like... like the first time you hear the the Ruby and Sapphire song, it's actually Sapphire in the sh- on Jasper's ship singing it, trying to find Ruby, and yes. it's not immediately yeah. apparent why she's doing that until you see the answer, at the, like a couple episodes later. And then, and they then have the though, throughout scene.
0: the rest of the series, a little refrain of notes yes. from that song, anytime Garnet's about to whoop some butt or you know, yes. go Garnet, like they they layer that. Lapis has her own little when she's using her powers, that kind of dark ominous. Yes.
1: Yeah, the... I don't know, it's just it's an exceptionally well-designed show. Like, mm-hmm. that's just something something that really stands out to me. At first, I wasn't too hot on the art style, and then it, it definitely grew on me, because it's just something new, and that's, like, Something that the cartoon world and the TV world in general is just really desperate for. I it's will say, just... they've
0: gotten a lot better with the art, because I've noticed from watching in season one, it was very, like, even just Pearl, like, her nose was longer, her face was thinner, it was it felt a little out of proportion for me.
1: I mean, okay, I, I feel like, if, I, I actually studied animation. I don't have nearly the issue that a lot of other people do about characters being off-model, because, like... You know what, there are more important things to nitpick on this show.
0: I know, but uh, I'm neurotic uh, and I have certain things that bug me.
1: (laughs) Ultimately, it's because Cartoon Network outsources their in-between frames. They may even outsource their key frames, I don't know. It's been a long time since I've looked looked into this. But, like, basically, you know, it's it's produced cheaply. And that's the only reason why there's, like, and that's all cartoons are like this. It's the only reason why there's so many of them. So, like, it's it's sort of an issue of, like, in order to get something on, see, basically, your compromise is if you you need to, if you have a show that looks like Steven Universe does, you have to, like, do something to simplify the art, too, so you could do the volume of episodes you need to do, because if you want to have something look as beautiful as, like, say, over the garden wall, um, there's a reason why there's only ten episodes of it. Because mm-hmm. it's an incredibly complex show to animate.
0: On that note, we are running out of time. yeah, I And we, we have to that. give a shout-out to Geek Feminist, who is one of our Fundamentals Plus supporters.
1: Um, yes, shout-out to you. Thank, you. Thank yes. you for your support. Thank
0: you for supporting us. Um, if you don't know, we, we like actually teenagers. have a new program. Uh, called Fundamentals Plus that part of what you get for $3 a month for helping to support our site is you get a shout out on the podcast of your choice but you also get um, access to exclusive content that you can only get as a Fundamentals Plus member so that includes some video essays it includes the Fireside Fundamentals chats that we kind of take turns um, doing like I did one at the beginning of the month, where I kind of ranted about why context and history matters for reboots. Um, mm-hmm. I know we've planned some live watches as well. So there's just some really fun exclusive content that you can have access to if you're a Fandom Mythos Plus member. And, you know, it's $3 a month, less the price than a cup of coffee. And you're helping us to, you know, keep writing the content that we like making for you guys money makes us happy money keeps us open
1: <laughs> yeah money keeps money keeps the site running because we you know it does cost money to host all of the stuff and to pay for all of the software that we need to do it so we like to keep the site, the site self-sustaining
0: and we do appreciate you guys um tuning in every week and your continued listening patronage I guess I know you guys <laughs> have been with us for over a year now and we really do appreciate it um and again, if you do want to kind of help support the site, there is a link at the top of our site. It just says FM+. Plus. If you click that, you can learn more. Um, don't forget, though, like us on iTunes. Subscribe to us over there. And also, don't forget to take a look at our other podcasts on the site with the Fandamentalists, um, Unabashed Book Snobbery, and Beneath the Screen of the Ultra Critics. So we have plenty of stuff for you to choose from, from an entire gamut of genres. And also, you know, if we missed something that you really liked about Steven Universe, just leave us a comment. We love to hear about it.
1: We honestly could do probably a couple more episodes on Steven Universe. Yeah, think? <laughs> like, that's just the funny thing. Is like, even between two different shows, The Phanamentalist and us, yeah, we still haven't covered everything we could possibly cover.
0: <laughs> yeah, I could just do an entire episode on Peridot. Like, we just scratched the surface. But yeah, if you want to hear about something that you think we may have missed or if you're like yes cory there does need to be a paradot episode leave us a
1: comment we love hearing from you guys (laughs) i feel like you're trying to tell me something to drop a hint
0: maybe down the road you know maybe down the road just putting it out there (laughs) at that though we are out of time so thank you for tuning in we'll be back next time you guys have a good one